today on the Rising Coaches Podcast. When I first started, I was working at Vermont Academy, and so I was in the grassroots um, scene at the high school prep school level, and, and I could recruit, and I could we would have kids from all over the country. So it helped me see a lot of talent. It helped me learn a level of talent and and how much talent there is in different parts of the country and get to know a lot of the grassroots coaches and programs and familiarize myself with them. So, you know, that was something that I just saw the opportunity there to be around talent, to be around programs, to be around college coaches. Thanks for listening to the Rising Coaches podcast. This is Adam Gordon. And today's episode is a special edition of our Members Spotlight. Each week we select four members to be spotlighted and get to know a little bit more about them what makes them tick, how they got into the profession, and what their career aspirations are. As the saying goes, it's not about who you know in this profession, it's about who knows you. To be considered for our member spotlight, simply join Rising Coaches. Visit risingcoaches.com and sign up for a membership today. All of our members get an opportunity to participate on the member spotlight, so please consider signing up so that we can get a chance to get to know you a little bit better. We hope you enjoyed today's episode, and please follow along with what we're doing on risingcoaches.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Rising Coaches Association, the biggest coaching tree in all of basketball. Sign up for the Rising Coaches Association now for just $120 a year and become part of our community, relationships, and development. We talk about it all the time. There's no straight lines in this profession. There's only ups and downs. You need a community that knows exactly what you're going through and has been there before to help lean on during the rough times of the industry. You need genuine relationships, not just exchanging numbers, not just meeting new people uh, at the Final Four in the offseason. You should be doing it all year round, and we provide tremendous opportunities to create those genuine relationships all through the year. And finally, development. We have so much content and so many resources so that you can work on your craft and become a better coach. Because we put such a premium and an emphasis on helping you establish new, genuine relationships, it takes all of the political BS side of the business out of the equation for you. All of that gets removed off of your plate. You can just worry about being you, making new friends in the business, and working on your craft and becoming the best coach that you can be and impacting the people that you're around on a daily basis. For more information, visit risingcoaches.com slash membership on risingcoaches.com. All right, welcome back to another edition of the Rising Coaches Member Spotlight. Today we're joined by our old friend, Matt Elkin, Yale Men's Basketball Director of Ops. Matt, Matt what's up, man? Good to see you. Adam, it's great. Great to see you. Appreciate uh, you having me. I'm really excited to chat with you. Yeah, for sure. Um, what do you do all day? No basketball in the Ivy League, right? So what are you great, doing? Great question. Great question. Well, I'm definitely not working on my tan, that's for sure. Uh, I am, you know, just making the most of it. There, there's there's always a ton of work to be done, um, especially when you take a new job. Um, so, you know, sending emails, making phone calls to people at Yale, trying to get them to know me better, trying to get to know them a little bit better. You know, we're just starting to work on our schedule a little bit. Um, and then just trying to watch as much film from last year, get to know our players, get to know our coaching staff, our style of play and really explore New Haven. So it's, it's really been good. It's been keeping me busy and I've been having a great time here so far. Awesome. And you've been there how long? Four months, six months? I got here, I got here in September. So almost a uh, little while, you know, it's, it's been, 
it's been uh, a few months and I'm, I'm originally from the East coast. So I'm somewhat familiar with the area a little bit originally, but, um, but never spent much time here. So uh, definitely getting, making the most of it. All right, Matt, I want to talk about your path and like how you got to where you're at, but first of all, how old are you? I'm 29 years old. Okay. You have a plethora of experience for somebody that's 29 for anybody really. Uh, what age did you know you wanted to coach at? Um, I think I started around 18, like my senior year of high school. Okay. Um, I think it was around that point that like, I knew that I really loved to play basketball and be around the game and, um, knew that I wasn't going to be able to play much after high school. Um, so I think it's at that, that point that I started to combine some of my interest and passion for the game with, um, kind of just some of my appreciation for coaches and teachers and people that had helped me, um, on and off the court. So I just kind of combined those two things and I thought coaching would be a great way and definitely hit a lot of bumps and curves and pivots along the way. But, you know, it's all gotten me to where I'm at right now. Well, we talk about it all the time, like the advantage of, uh, you know, first of all, there's no right or wrong path and there's a ton of advantages with going, you know, small college or high school route where you get great hands-on experience. Uh, and then there's advantages of being at the higher levels where you're around, you know, coaches with, you know, big staffs. So you meet more people. Um, there tends to be quite a bit of movement. Uh, so there's opportunities to move up or move on. Uh, so there's advantages in both. And you have like such a diverse uh, resume of like a little bit of everything. I'm going to read this off. And and then I want to know, like, how much of this was, like, intentionally crafted by you and how much was just, like, luck of a draw where you where you ended up. But um, and, and I didn't know some of this, uh, but manager at a Division three school that went to so a great small college that went to the Sweet 16, then manager at Wisconsin, obviously great program, uh, then GA at Division one Northeastern, really good uh, division one mid-major program that I think you were there for their NCAA tournament appearance. Um, then worked, uh, a lot with grassroots basketball. You worked at Vermont Academy, which is obviously one of the elite prep schools in the country. You worked at the high school level at Windward Academy, uh, out in Los Angeles. And then now back to the division one level at Yale, you really, like I said, you got a little bit of everything. Like, was that the intent? Did you want to kind of experience it all? Or is it just, was it just luck of the draw like the rest of us? You're just going through the profession, you know, to, you know, always open for opportunities and take the best one when they come. Well, no, Adam, I think it like for me, it was just kind of a combination of those factors. I, because nobody in my family was really in coaching or in sports at all, I relied pretty heavily on my instincts and also on people that I looked up to, mentors, role models, people that were connected, help guide me in those directions. So uh, definitely a lot of luck in terms of, you know, ending up with great people. But I think great people like to surround themselves with other great people. And if you have great mentors, they're going to put you in the right direction to surround yourself with those people. So, I mean, really, it started for me with my decision to go to University of Wisconsin um, was a base strictly student um, experience and an and opportunity for me. It wasn't something that I, you know, I know some people get a manager opportunity or they reach out wherever they can become a manager or a player. That's where they go to school. But for me, it was an academic choice. My dad and my brother 
just wanted to follow them and, and end up there. And that opened my eyes to getting to people from all different parts of the country, different parts of the world. And I enjoyed that about my college experience and then getting to work there. And, um, you know, was really lucky to get opportunity to come back to um, Northeastern. And it was, again, just advice that I had picked up along the way about going to the Final Four and what a great experience that was. And, you know, probably where you and I first met or one of the first places we met. Um, and that was where I connected with, uh, at the time, our the associate head coach we had at Northeastern. This was 2014 in Dallas. Um, and he was there and, and I introduced myself to him and basically just bugged him nonstop, called him, texted him, emailed him um, about coming to Northeastern and, and helping out there. And, you know, again, it's just sometimes it's luck of the draw. Sometimes it's people that put you in the right place to have success. But, you know, I, I, um, I definitely made a calculated decision, Adam, to, to try to get different experiences, um, whether that was division one, division three, prep school, grassroots, um, just because I've seen firsthand being diverse, whether that's in your basketball experiences, where you've lived, the type of people you surround yourself with, like diversity to me is really important in all those areas. And so if I can have a diverse set of experiences and networks, I just think it's going to make me a much better, well-rounded coach, well-rounded person uh, that I've always took with it. Um, who are some of those mentors that you kind of alluded to that have really helped you through your profession? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I think for sure, um, you know, one of the first people that I really became extremely close with was that the associate head coach that I mentioned from Northeastern is coach Dave McLaughlin. He's now the head coach at Dartmouth college in our league. And, um, you know, he was somebody who I worked with very closely when I first started at Northeastern, um, you know, kind of showed me the ropes and, and helped let me help him get involved in a lot of different areas, um, in terms of what I was doing with the team. And so him, as well as coach Cohen were both, you know, two people that I really speak to regularly and, and rely on a lot for kind of decisions that I make in my coaching career. Um, and then, you know, I've, I became really, really close with my head coach that I had at Windward, Colin Foff. He's an incredible person. He does an incredible job at Windward. Um, and just learning his style, um, you know, was really helpful for me. There was a, a person by the name of Scott Waterman, who is a, a division two coach up in Northern California. Um, he was actually at um, Dartmouth as a director of ops when I was at Vermont Academy, just about 45 minutes away. He was a West coast guy and he was somebody who helped connect me on the West coast. And again, just like, I like to surround myself with connectors and other people that are well connected, because I think that's one thing that I really pride myself on is being connected to different people. And, and so you know, trying to find other people that are also connected has been really helpful for me. So those are, those are just a couple of the people that I really look up to. And then, you know, I'm not just saying that because I'm on the show with you, Adam, but like guys like you and Andy and Brandon, guys that have been in rising coaches that I've gotten a chance to meet and spend time with, like, I just get inspired and, and motivated a lot by um, guys like you that are always helping other people. And so I try to do the same thing. Okay. We got to talk windward uh, because, you know, I went to your rival viewpoint uh, mm -hmm. before, before we were any good. And we used to have some battles viewpoint windward. And what was the head to head matchup when you were there? Like, what was the record? Who won those? Uh, at the time when I was at windward, uh, it was windward and we, you know, 
for the last couple of years, Windward's had a really successful program within the Gold Coast League and also Sierra Canyon. Sierra Canyon, a lot of people know on nationally, you know, because they got Bronny James and they got Zaire Williams. And, um, you know, they've had tons of guys that have gone to the, recently to the NBA and college basketball and stuff. So we, us in, in Sierra Canyon, were kind of like the one and the two. Um, but it's a great league. Like, you know, every game is competitive. A lot of the coaches from the, the league are former college players or college coaches. Like, you know, our head coach, Colin Foff, he, um, you know, had spent time at the Division One level as an assistant coach. And, um, you know, it's just it's super competitive league. But with the head to head matchups, unfortunately uh, for you, but fortunately for us, <laughs> those, those, those end up when we're, when we're playing. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. When I was leaving, uh, Lil Romeo was just coming in as an eighth grader starting starting on varsity so he really got the program headed in the right direction so congrats congrats to you guys thank on you. that thank you <laughs> and now a quick break to talk about our partners at dr dish as off season approaches it's the perfect time to upgrade your training equipment at rising coaches we highly recommend you to check out our friends at dr dish basketball they are undoubtedly the best and most innovative training machines their newest model for schools, the Dr. Dish CT, is a complete game changer. It has a touchscreen that plays training videos, tracks stats by location, and incorporates on-demand workouts and drills from the top programs and trainers in the world. Check them out at drdishbasketball.com or on social media at Dr. Dish B-Ball. Mention Rising Coaches before you purchase and receive an additional $300 off your next order. Um... Okay, you you also did a ton with Under Armour. You've done a ton on the grassroots circuit. Um, and then you've become close with Ryan Silver, and I think you've done some work with him. Uh, talk about, you know, you just you did such a great job getting involved with so many different people and really good programs and successful coaches that, you know, are doing it the right way. Um, and guys are always looking, you know, coming through Rising Coaches asking, you know, how do I – how do I advance? How do I make it through here? And, and you're a perfect example. Was all that AAU stuff that you did, that was just in your summers on your free time or, or how did you get linked up with them? Yeah. So, um, it, it actually originally happened. Uh, my aunt, she knew somebody, a friend of hers, a colleague, um, and they were talking and, you know, she was talking about me, how I was involved in basketball and her colleague was mentioning her son was involved in basketball. And so, we ended, I ended up getting connected to a guy by the name of Matt Penny, who's really high up working with Under Armour in, in the UAA circuit. Um, and they, they work for a company that used to, you know, organize all the circuits and, and staff it and, and all the things. So, you know, for any of those large events you get, you have to have a lot of moving parts, not just the teams and the referees and the coaches, but you have people behind the scenes, operations, you know, people making sure things run smoothly. So I thought for me, to get a chance to not just work summer camps like I had been working for several years in high school and college, you know, like the D1 camps that a lot of kids normally would work. I had an opportunity to involve and, and, and be a core monitor for the UAAs, which for me was incredible because when I first started, I was working at Vermont Academy. And so I was in the grassroots um, scene at the high school prep school level and, and I could recruit and I could, we would have kids from all over the country. So it helped me see a lot of talent. It helped me learn a level of talent and and how much talent there is in different parts of the country and get to know a lot of the grassroots coaches and programs and familiarize myself with them. So, you know, that was something that I just saw the opportunity there to be around talent, to be around programs, to be around college coaches 
Um, and, and it was something that I got to do every summer. I was working with them for about five years. I was supposed to work with them last year, you know, before everything got canceled. And then now I'm at, here at Yale, so I'm not able to, but, um, just an incredible opportunity. Like those guys who run the Under Armour circuit, um, just to get the, the experience to see behind the scenes, like what goes into all the preparation, the branding, the marketing, the operations of such a large event. And, and then the cool thing, I got to travel around, you know, like I worked events in Indy and Dallas and Atlanta, um, in, in New York city. Like I, I got to see the world uh, or the country, I should say through these grassroots circuits and see some of the best players in high school. And, and to me, that was just an opportunity that, um, I, I really wanted it and made the most of it when I was there. Yeah, that's awesome because the ultimate goal is to be an assistant coach, right? Or a head coach eventually. Um, yeah. And to do that, you know, no one's going to hire you unless you can recruit and bring talent into the program. And it's really hard for people who go the support staff route uh, and get, you know, in these GA and video and ops roles their whole career. And now they're 30 years old and they want to make that jump, but they have no recruiting experience. That's a huge hurdle. So I just think it was really smart that you were able to get around, you know, uh, different areas where you can draw from now. Um, or whenever you get that opportunity to recruit, you're going to be able to go back to Vermont Academy. You're going to be able to go back to Windward uh, and, you know, Southern California recruit there. You're going to be able to recruit the the Under Armour guys and, and just know the landscape of who's good and, and, where players are so valuable. Correct. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I think I'm, I'm really lucky. It, it was a combination of me putting myself out there, but I think a lot of people in this business, they put themselves out there. Like you got to put yourself out there if you want to ha get experience and get exposed to opportunities. But then it's, it's not just what happens to get you there and what happens when you're there, but then it's all the, the follow-up and, and everything that happens after. So being able to build up my network and be at these Under Armour events is great, but it's, it's the calls and the texts that I would send to coaches after the event. Hey, it was great seeing you on the road. Hey, if you needed any more information on this kid, let me know. Stuff like that. Or with the program directors. Hey, nice job this weekend. It was it was awesome connecting with you. Or I loved watching your team on my court. And 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 it's just that's that's not the reason why I'm at where where I'm at right now, but it certainly has helped me build those relationships to where, you know, now I'm at a place like Yale and I might want to get some information about a kid from a different part of the country that we might not, not be involved in. But now I have a connection to that program director or that coach that, you know, we might have met four years ago, but I shoot him a text every now and then or reach out or call. And I think that's just so important. And it's just, you know, just as good as getting the experience at the division one level, like some GAs and video guys, like I don't have that experience, but I have this experience. And so, you know, depending on what staff I'm a part of, this was a perfect fit for me here at Yale. You know, the next staff, they might want me somebody who has more division one experience. So I might not be the perfect fit there. So, you know, you kind of make those decisions and, and hopefully they pay off. But where I'm at now being young in my career, Adam, and a lot of the young people, coaches that are part of rising coaches is like, I'm, I'm ready and willing to build. And like, I, I don't know where, when I'm going to get to the top, but I'm building a strong foundation as I possibly can. And I'm willing to put in that time that it takes to build that foundation up to get to wherever I want to be. Uh, when the opportunity at Yale came around, was that a hard decision? I mean, you're out there in LA as a 20, 20 something year old, uh, you're, you're coaching ball. You're actually on the court doing what you love with a very successful program with a great boss. Was it hard to leave that or were you, you know, is college basketball really where you want to be? And, and so it was a no brainer. 
Yeah, it, it, it was certainly hard for a variety of reasons. You know, one, like you said, leaving a great program. Um, Windward, we had just come off winning a CIF uh, Division One Southern Section Championship. We had a lot of our players coming back, um, you know, working with a program like West Coast Elite that does so many things and has been growing exponentially over the past couple of years since I was working with them. Um, and, you know, feeling like I just got to L.A., like it's such a vast market um, Southern California, Los Angeles, a place that I really just come for two years and feel like, all right, I'm, I checked off LA, like I'm plugged in. Like, so that was tough for me. And then not to mention the pandemic and, and COVID and, and everything, social justice, all the issues that have been kind of coming up throughout the past year or so. Um, and, but on the other side of it, like you said, it, it's been a dream of mine to become a director of operations. Like I had a goal set, that I would love to be a director of ops by the age of 30. And here I am at the age of 29. Like, so I've really reached that goal. And, you know, it, it was a seamless transition for me, Adam, because I was doing a lot of stuff with high academic basketball on the West Coast. I have a lot of connections with the, the high academic division threes and Ivy Leagues here, just from them recruiting my, my players that I've been around and stuff like that, and just the relationships that I've built. So it seemed like a seamless transition to me, moving back closer to home, to the East Coast, to a league, around people I'm familiar with. Um, but like you said, at the end of the day, the opportunity to get at Division One staff to be one of a handful of people in this position um, with or without a season, uh, I'm, I'm just so happy to be here. And it seemed like the next great step for me to add to that diversity of my experiences. But it'll be even better with the season. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Don't, <laughs> no, let's not, let's not get it twisted. I, I, I enjoy some having a little extra free time now and then, but I wish we were, you know, on the road getting ready for opponents, mainly just being around our guys and our, and our staff. I mean, that's been certainly one of the toughest things is whether or not taking a new job or, you know, our head coach has been here for over two decades. It's just tough to not be around our guys like we, like we want to. And that's what kind of gives me the energy and the fire to wake up every day is getting to be around them. So that, that has definitely been a challenge. Okay, Matt, uh, best LA food spot. Wow. Best LA food spot. For your favorite. I mean, your personal favorite, you don't have to rate it. <laughs> well, um, so I, when I was living in LA, I was living in Inglewood. Um, and I, I just the amount of kind of small, um, like taco spots, whether it was a taco shop, a stand, like a hole in the wall spot that you could go to late at night or, you know, in the afternoon and just cheap, great, great Mexican food. Like that's something that I definitely take for granted. Now, now I'm here in New Haven. We got all the pizza that you could ever possibly dream of, but uh, you know, this, just the, the dollar tacos, stuff like that, just really, really authentic and, and really delicious. Um, I don't know if there's a, a special spot. I mean, like, Tito's is like kind of one of the most well-known spots on the West side. I went there a couple of times. It's really good. Uh, but I just like the kind of, you pull up on the side of the road, you got like a line of 10 people outside, you know, it's the spot to be at. And then you just got to close your eyes and pick, you know, and everything's going to be incredible. Very good. That is the correct answer, Matt. Well, thank done. you. Good. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely miss. There's no, like you get to other parts of the country and you're just like, man, I took, I took good guacamole for granted. Seriously, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, um, Matt, give us some advice. What's like for somebody, you know, whether they've been coaching for 20 years or somebody who's just trying to break into the profession, what's the best piece of advice that you could give them to navigate the profession, navigate coaching? Yeah, it's 
you know, I've gotten so much great advice, Adam, from, from you and from so many other people along the way, um, that I kind of put together with me, but, you know, my advice for, for young people, other people like myself that, that I've really, and I still work on it daily to try to, um, kind of embody this is, is really just to embrace your path and your journey and not be so concerned with what other people are doing in theirs. Um, you know, I, I think that I oftentimes would see other people in other positions that would be things that I wanted to be in positions that I aspired to be in, or people that were peers that were getting jobs that maybe I had applied for or, or ones that I had dreamed of getting that they were getting and I didn't. And, and I spent a lot of time wondering, okay, why, what, what, what do I need to be doing better? Basically putting myself down to say, you know, why did I not get this? Or why is that person doing this? Instead of understanding that there's people on the other side of the coin looking at me saying, wow, how did Matt get to work with Under Armour? How did Matt get to be on the West Coast? How did he get to be? And, and so I just think that there's, there's so many opportunities out there. And what really matters the most and the reason why I am where I am is because I was guided by what matters to me and what my values are and what's important. And, you know, and I'm, I'm a single guy. I don't have a lot of um, debt. I don't have you know, a, a wife and kids that, that I need to support and make decisions with. You know, I'm really kind of rolling by myself and, and going with the flow and, and not everybody's in that position. So certain people get to where they want to be based on their priorities in life. And I've gotten to where I want to be based on mine. And so I would just encourage, I encourage myself and I encourage everybody else to, to just remember, like, take time to think back about why are you doing what you do? Um, what are your goals? What are your aspirations? And why are those? Why is that the case? What motivates you? Um, what are some possible constraints that you might have in your career? Um, some people might be able to pick up and go anywhere in the world or in the country. Some people may not. And so, um, you know, I've been very lucky to have a lot of those constraints eliminated so I can be free and flexible. But I, I would just say, try to focus on and stay in your direction. And even when that direction may win, you may knock down, lose a job or something might happen, some adversity, just understand that it happens to everybody in a different form, different way. And it's part of getting you to where you want to be. So kind of keep, keep in your lane. Some people like to say, stay in your lane, but I just try to keep focused on the direction I'm going in. And, you know, I can wave at other people as I'm on the bike path, but I'm trying to stay, you know, kind of laser focused on that. Do you have a practice or like how often do you have to revisit that to keep yourself in check? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a daily thing, honestly, Adam. It's you know, some days uh, I'll see news and I'll be really excited, like about a friend getting a new job or seeing uh, you know success that another person is having that I might be in my circle. And most of the time, it's pretty positive. Most of the time, it's wow. I'll text him, hey, congrats! I saw you got this or that. Um, nice job and, and things like that. And, and I like to turn that negativity into more positivity. And I feel like it can overshadow maybe some of the doubts that you might have, some of the self-doubt. So trying to make it more of a positive outlook instead of a negative internal thing. But, you know, there's, there's some days where it's constant throughout the day. It's some days that I'm, I'm feeling great about where I'm at and I'm really, really happy. Um, and I don't worry about anything at anybody else. And I think it's just, you know, it's part of the, the mental, the emotional battle that we all go through with everything in our daily lives, not just coaches, but it's just something that you got, you got to talk yourself up. You got to, you got to be your best hype man and your biggest supporter and understand that, 
you know, we're all moving in one direction, whether we like it or not. And you can do things to influence that in a positive way. Um, and just try to you know, everything. So it's definitely something that, um, I still struggle with and there's still tough days and days when I dealt, you know, am I where I'm meant to be or am I good enough to be here? Do, am I doing a good enough job in what I'm doing? But those doubts don't get you further in the right direction. So I try to just kind of flip the script and keep it positive as much as I can. I love it. Great stuff, Matt. Well, listen, I really appreciate you being on today and always good catching up and uh, seeing you. You too, Adam. I really appreciate you having me on, man. And, you know, rising coaches can't say it enough. Like I was at the the convention in Vegas um, many years ago when, when uh, I was at Northeastern, I've been to all of the final fours that I can possibly be at all the speakers, all the events. And I've been to Indy to a couple more of the functions. It's just been incredible for me. And I can't thank you enough, Adam, for, um, you know, putting me in the spotlight, but also allowing me to get to connect with so many other coaches and, um, you know, I can't, I can't thank you guys enough for what you're doing. It's been awesome to see continue to grow. And, you know, I'm always happy to, to connect with other young coaches and, um, give advice or, you know, share stories. I think it's really important. Thanks, Matt. We're always rooting for you, man. Good seeing you. Appreciate that. Be safe. What's up podcast fans. I want to share some information about one of our partners, Lucio sports. The team at Lucio has built an integrated platform of coaching productivity and player development apps that are being used by some of the best basketball programs around the globe, helping everyone from NBA champions to youth development academies. Their innovative and competitive memorization games make it so much easier for new players and staff members to remotely get caught up to speed. With animated playbooks, drill libraries, player development planning and monitoring, Engaging game plans and scouting reports, predictive play drawing, their content services team, and more, Lucio Sports has got you covered. From players to coaches to support staff and executives, use Lucio Sports to securely keep everyone in your organization on the same page with simple on-demand access to your team's entire knowledge base. For more information, check out luciosports.com. That's L-U-C-E-O sports.com.